Welcome back in the Bill Michaels Show on the air, and we are glad you are with us. As always, thanks so much for joining the program. Uh, I got two things I want to get to, um, and I'll get to the questions momentarily. Um, this one was from Mark. I'd said earlier, I said, where is the hard evidence? Because people are talking about Al Harris. And I said, where is the hard evidence that this is even a thing at this point? And so Mark sends me uh, a link, and it says in the diehard Packer fan page, it said, it is widely believed that Al Harris is in line to become the next defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Although the Packers were expected to to make a move during the season, it appears that Joe Barry has a job through the end of the season. Al Harris has spent 10 years the defensive backs coach, Kansas City and Dallas, which we talked about. Uh, Not only is he the most exciting name in coaching, uh, he is also a Green Bay legend. The move is not expected to be announced until after the postseason is concluded. Where that's that's not there is nothing there confirmed. That is a that is a Facebook page. So I want to know where it's confirmed that that's the deal, because nobody I know is talking about it. Nobody on the inside. That's a name that maybe if, if they do indeed what you're going to expect them to make a move at, uh, at defensive coordinator, they could consider. But it went from being the diehard Packer fan page all about Jim Leonard to now it's widely believed that he is going to be announced immediately following the end of, culmination of the postseason. Where? Who has said it? I don't see it on any of the four-letter networks, NFL networks. I don't see it in CBS Sports. Nowhere. The only thing I know is it's on all of these types of pages. Rumor pages, Facebook pages, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of wishful thinking in some part. And also, when they say that he's the most exciting name in coaching, other than with the Green Bay Packers, I haven't heard anybody talking about Al Harris going anywhere else. I'm not to say it's not deserving. I'm not knocking Al Harris. But this crap of it's widely believed and this is going they're going to make the move. They're going to announce it at the end. Where? You can't send me that and go, well, that's a fact. Because, first of all, nobody's name's attached to it. It's attached to a Facebook fan page. So just tell me where. Tell me where that story came from, and I'll look it up, and I'll see, and I'll do a little more digging. But other than that, I've not heard any of that. So... <laughs> To say it's fact and then you give me a fan page? No, that's not fact. That's fandemonium, which is fine. And who knows? It may happen, but that's not that's not a credible report. That's just fandemonium at its, at its finest. So kind of be careful where you get your information from. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Now, a uh, question that uh, you had, Grant, was, uh, what would you be? What would it be like if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, and the way things shape up right now, that you would end up being, you know, facing the Green Bay Packers coming to town? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and I'm pulling up the the playoff picture right now. So right now the Packers would be in, and they'd play the Cowboys, and the other teams right. kind of in the Packers neighborhood are the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, right. the Saints. Just for reference, the Rams. If I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be like anybody but the stupid Packers. Like the the Cowboys right. are gonna be favored against any of these teams. But if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd way rather see the Bucks 
or the Seahawks. I, I don't want the Packers. There's so much bad juju with the Packers and the Cowboys the last right. 15 years. If I'm going with what, what, what is out there right now, for those who don't know, uh, San Francisco would be the number one seed, Dallas the two, Detroit the three, and uh, Tampa Bay would be the four, which would mean the five seed would be Philadelphia, the six seed is the uh, Rams, and the seven seed would be the Green Bay Packers. So that's where, where things would shake out. So, and you would see the Packers end up going to uh, Dallas. Or they could end up facing, say, uh, you know, if Dallas should fall or flip-flop or something. Uh, they could end up, uh, if Dallas would fall and become a wild card, which I, has Dallas clinched the division yet? I don't think they have, have they? No. Um, I don't think so. Right now, they're both 11-5. and five. So okay. it'll be and, – and I think the divisional record or the conference record is what comes down to, to mattering at the end. And the Cowboys, mm-hmm. for example, they lost last week, but that's to the, the Dolphins. So that's not a conference right. loss. That doesn't hurt Correct. the Cowboys in this context. And both teams have road games between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And the team that's actually struggling more is, is the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are on the road taking on the New York Giants. The Cowboys are on the road taking, the, taking on the Commanders. So you can't imagine either team losing. So you would figure it would stay the same. Uh, The Rams, by the way, the Rams take on the 49ers. Um, And, you know, you don't – the 49ers have locked up that one seed. You don't know what the 49ers are going to do. The Rams are a good team. But let's say the 49ers beat the Rams. The Rams end up at 9-8. and Um, I'm trying to kind of go through this in my head here now. Let's say the Rams end up at nine and eight. The Packers could end up at nine and eight. Um, would the Packers jump the Rams? Well, what would it be? Conference record then at that point, I think, right? You go head to head first and then conference record second. Which, oh, that's right, the that Packers win over the Rams doesn't even feel like it should count. Both right. the, the Packers and the Rams have changed so much since that game. I forget they Correct. even played. I forgot about that. So the Packers could end up jumping the Rams if the Rams would lose to the 49ers this weekend. And, and again, I'm not sitting here looking at all the official stuff. I know there's scenarios that I have to go through via the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, that's – so they could end up jumping the Rams. Um. And then you've got Tampa Bay, who's the four seed. So whoever wins the uh, the division is, for the uh, the NFC East is the opposite. The, the second place team is going to end up as the five seed. So the most the Packers could do is maybe go to the sixth seed, which would then have them face the third seed. And if the Cowboys should lose then I think – and the Lions win, and I think the Lions jump the Cowboys, don't they? I'm not sure about that because now the Cowboys have head-to-head. So I think the Lions need – Yeah, that's true. The, well, but I'm saying if the Cowboys lose. If the Cowboys yes. lose and the Lions win, the Lions go to 12-5, and five, the Cowboys would go to 11-6. and six. Therefore, Detroit would be the two seed. The Cowboys would fall to the third, three seed unless the Eagles win. If the Eagles win, then the Cowboys would go to the fifth seed – the Eagles would go to the third seed. Or no, the Eagles would go to the second seed. 
they would still be they would remain the second. The most likely scenario, I think, is Cowboys, Lions, Eagles in that order. And what's exciting if our Packers get in, Bill, is well, they're not going to San Fran because San Fran's on bye. No, but I think this young Packers team could feel pretty confident. Not maybe that they're going to win, but that they can go into Dallas and compete, or they can go into Detroit. They already went into Detroit. They already went into Detroit and won. Yeah. So, so I, I think they could do that. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I'd predict the Packers to win, but anybody other than San Fran, I'll go into that game feeling excited to see what happens. I think they'd get right. steamrolled by San Fran, but they can go in, I think, compete with just about anybody else. Right. I I I think they could uh, – man, I'll tell you one thing, though. That uh, Dallas defense, the pressure that they can put on quarterbacks, but if you go in with your full complement of weapons, I think you can at least do a little damage. Um, Dallas's defense has not played great football as of late, but their offense in Dak Prescott has been really good. And I just can't imagine the Packers defense stopping Dak Prescott at home on the road. Yes, but not at home. They've been, they've just, they've steamrolled people at home for the most part until they face that Lions team and the Lions went toe to toe with them. But I think it was – I don't know. I, I don't want to read too much into it. Uh, and and D- Detroit should have won that game for the most part. They Now, granted, they would have been giving the ball back to Dak Prescott with about 23 seconds left on the clock, and there was still time to maybe get within field goal range because 23 seconds can be an eternity. But I, uh, I, I, I think the Packers could maybe hang with them. I don't know if they'd win that game, but they could hang with them. I could, I could, say, I could see the Packers winning in Detroit. Yeah. They already did it. I, I could, I could see, see them yeah. going to Dallas. I mean, it's a place that they've won. Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, but sometimes, and we've referenced this throughout the year, when these young guys are they're so inexperienced, they don't know what they don't know, right? They right. can't get wide-eyed and butterflied going into a playoff game because they don't have years and years of play of playoff failure right. experience like maybe some of the, the previous Packers teams did. Right. No, I agree. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, if you want to hit us up uh, and do so. So the question then becomes, if you're a, a, a Dallas fan, would you kind of swallow hard going, oh, God, here comes the Green Bay Packers? Because down there, the Packers have not had a ton of success. And then you start to get, re, you know, the, the remembrance of the Des Bryant catch that was no catch. And you start to think about Dallas and Packers playoff postseasons and all that kind of stuff and the history there. It'd be great ratings. No doubt about that, but I don't know if I if I'm a Dallas fan, I probably I probably think twice about maybe the Rams coming. If the Rams should knock off San Francisco this weekend, I would probably think twice about the Rams coming there. Although the the Rams, if they win this weekend, then they're not going to go there. But regardless, yeah, I guess you know a pesky team like the Green Bay Packers that you really don't know what to expect. Will the will the real Green Bay Packers please show up? I can see Dallas being a little bit nervous by that. 877-867-1670. Um, this is from Brett. Brett says, uh, hey, Bill, there's no way in hell I think the Dallas Cowboys want to see uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, anymore. He's gone. So, yes, you would probably – what? I don't think there's any way they would want to see Aaron Rodgers anymore. But, yes, they would probably take Jordan Love in this offense with a Joe Barry-led defense. Okay, I see what you're saying. That Now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, they wouldn't care. Okay. I had to read that twice, Brett. You're a little bit, uh, a little bit off there. Uh, this is from Suzanne. It says, as a Dallas Cowboy fan, no way I want to see the Green Bay Packers come in after a couple of wins playing the way they are. Their wideouts are looking good, and you don't even know how to cover them because they're kind of no-names. 
Uh, this defense led by who? Question mark. Uh, maybe Kenny Clark at center. But beyond that, there's nobody that really scares you defensively speaking, but they, but they tend to show up at times when they, they expect the least out of them. And that is from Suzanne as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Thank you very much. Uh, real quick, this one's from Mark. Mark says, uh, no way the Packers go down to Dallas and get a win. It's just going to be more of a learning experience, so why go? Mark, I hate that attitude. I, I swear to God I hate it. it you're, you're like, well, if they're not going to win at all, just lose. There is experience that is built along the way. You want to see them go down there. and Look, I'm not saying I want to see them lose, but I want to see them go down there and get the experience. You play in the Dome. Where First of all, the Dallas Cowboys have not had a ton of success over the last decade or so in the postseason. What has what uh, Dak Prescott got? What, two wins? Two wins? Three wins? That's it. It's not like he's been a juggernaut. So, first of all, you got a little bit of an opportunity. Secondly... I want them to go into Jerry World and feel the dome come to life. I want them to feel whatever level it happens to be for them to be able to play at to get a win in the postseason so you remember it. It's not like a regular season game. Yeah, you're playing postseason games right now because you got to win just to get in in advance. But, no. I want to see – I mean, some of these guys saw it last year, but I want to see them go down with a new leader, a new attitude, and I want to see these guys get that experience – to feel what it's like to go into Dallas and try to play a football game that's meaningful, that's win or go home. You, you want that experience. This attitude of, well, they're going to get beat anyway, so who cares? It No. You, where does that go? That's, that's a loser's mentality. Because there are building blocks for everything. You know? everything. Think about everything you've ever done in your life where your first job, your, the first time you did something, where it helped you then experience it so you could get better at it down the road. Everybody's gone through that. Do you not remember that type of an experience? You want these guys to be able to play at that level of football in the postseason to see what it's like. The pomp, the circumstance, the energy, the amped up, anxiety, everything. It's not like opening day because opening day is opening day. You know you got the rest of the season to get your job done. This one is a winner go home, man. You're done. So, no, I want to see them get all that kind of experience. Heck, yeah. Um, let, uh, well, let's, let, Mike Clemens is on. Let's do this. We'll, uh, we'll come back. When we come back, we got Mike Clemens jo- joining us. He'll uh, swing by and say hello. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. 877-867-1670, if full line becomes available. Also got to say thanks to our friends at Cunis. K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. 2024 deals and financing starting now. Now, if you're thinking about the summer, if you're thinking about moving around and Doing it in an RV, whether it's at the campgrounds or the RV sites and what have you, going and seeing the rest of the state of Wisconsin or the rest of uh, America. You can do it in a Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Joining us now on the hotline, our guy, 
Mike Clemens is standing by. And, Mike, uh, now that we've kind of recovered from New Year's Day and getting back into town and such and, you know, this contest, uh, you know, it was a dominating performance by the Packers. We're going into Packers-Bears week, which is always exciting. But, man, where do you want to start? Because that was an incredible performance on both sides of the football. Uh, granted, the Packers' defense was going up against a fourth-string quarterback and things weren't great, but – you know, I, I mean, offensively speaking, Bo Melton really showed up, and a lot of those young guys showed up. I think the Vikings made a calculated mistake right at the start of the game because instead of putting all their support behind the rookie, Jaron Hall, they had Kirk Cousins up there shirtless banging the gong. And I just really think that at that point, <laughs> the, the game was over. Yeah. The crowd was going nuts over Cousins. But seriously, um, Okay, so the Packers beat a team with a rookie quarterback. You know, well, big deal. But I, I could not believe how dominating they were and some of the things they did. And for me, I was confused at Kevin O'Connell's game plan for that, uh, that Vikings offense. And Jaron Hall ended up only being 5 of 10 for 67 yards before they yanked him at halftime because they, they were just getting into his head. And, yeah, you, you blitz a young quarterback. But, I mean, he also had some, a lot of failures. Their left tackle, Christian Derrishaw, that's supposed to be their guy at left tackle. He's been there now like two and a half years. And all of a sudden he's had bad games the last two or three weeks. And so it was actually Preston Smith. You know, you saw 91 back there and dogging, you know, that young quarterback often. So that was a breakdown that they had. Uh, and And some of the play calling. I remember distinctly there was a – there was a series the Vikings had the ball in the second quarter and on a second down, like second and seven or so. And, and they've got this kid dropping back and then trying to throw 25, 30 yard passes to Justin Jefferson with good coverage on the right-hand side, you know, at the sideline and missing. And it's like the, the middle of the field was wide open. Why don't you just do some, you know, dink and dunk stuff to build up the kids' confidence and to get things going. And I, you know what? That's the part where they really miss TJ Hawkinson, their tight end, who blew out his knee with an ACL, you know, uh, the week or so before. So after the game, mm -hmm. you know, we talked to that quarterback, Jaron Hall, on what bothered him the most. Uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't get into a rhythm. I couldn't, couldn't you know, spit the ball around the field consistently. Um, just, just didn't have a good feel on it. I don't know why that was, you know, but uh, watch the tape and hope to find an answer. Uh, which, you know, he couldn't get into a rhythm. I mean, was that more play calling or the fact that the Packers did so much to disrupt him? Well, you know, another thing, Bill, is that what do we know about Joe Barry? It's when Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur can get at least 10 points, yeah. maybe, you know, 14 points up on the board, he lets the dogs out. You know, it's like, it looks like a diff, different defense three out of four times this whole season. That just seems to be the way things are set up when he starts rushing guys or he starts taking chances. And usually, you know, that's when they get a strip sack, that kind of thing. You know, here's another thing. Word of caution. The Vikings got Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. We all know that he's a very, you know, uh, aggressive defensive coordinator. He's, you know, he's had a good rep, got a shot at being a head coach. That turned out to be a mess. But – They've, the Vikings have given up 90 points in the last three games. You know, they, they, mm -hmm. they held on to beat – they held on – they had no offense, but they beat the Raiders 3 nothing because they shut them out. 
And now, you know, they're, they're getting just banged up. And they run that cover two, that kind of Tampa two, that like Lovey Smith used to always run. And the Packers, even back then, would figure it out eventually. You're going to take away the flats, but if you can work, you know, over the middle. And, and some of the things that they were doing with Aaron Jones had made a difference. And so Kevin O'Connell talked about, yeah, we, we had a bad game plan. Uh, really not much to say other than uh, we got outplayed and, and uh, you know, this all, uh, you know, I got to do a much better job uh, clearly preparing our team um, to, regardless of circumstance, we have to, uh, you know, we, we, we have to play better uh, than we just did. I didn't think it was an effort thing. I think our guys uh, came out with a lot of, you know, a lot of energy, um, just it was a combination of a lot of things and early on execution offensively uh, you know could have been much better and, and defensively um, we we put them on the field far too much and and uh, Green Bay had some success on offense to, to maintain possession of the football but um, this is going to be one that you know we've really got to take a, a long look at um, starts with me like I said and and uh, you know I'm going to uh, I'm going to be you know the first one out in front of this thing fighting to uh, make sure we don't have any more performances like that uh, Mike, I mean, they got one game left, and that's in, uh, you know, Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, I don't know what else they can do, but just try starting a different quarterback at this point. But they've kind of gutted a little bit of that team. They've got some young up-and-comers, but their defense, which had played so well for a good portion of the season, was terrible in this contest. And It might have just taken the air out of that building when they made the announcement that they were going to start a fourth-string quarterback. In the meantime, Jordan Love and company – uh, you know, you you don't even know who you got. Uh, they're they're elevating a guy named Bo Melton, who all of a sudden comes on and plays extremely well. And you've got when a, I'll tell you this, Mike, when Aaron Jones is healthy, my God, he's a different cat. Yeah, um, he, he was so quick. He was running so hard. Now there was a moment where he went into the blue tent. He told me, yeah, he banged up that knee, and so you know you feel that pain and you get scared. But they examined it and then they they, they let him get back on the field. But he was just being cautious. Uh, but, you know, your your heart sank when it was Aaron Jones of the blue tent there. I think that was right. late in the first half, yeah. The other thing is the Vikings are also one of their pass rushers, DJ Wunham. Uh, he tore a quad. He's out for the year. And that probably helped out the Packers. Packers offensively, except that, man, there was one really bad whiff that Josh Myers had at center over again. That number 40 linebacker just blew past him. Jordan Love with time. And I just don't know how those receivers got so wide open. We talked about this postgame, especially this number 21, Akilah Evans. He's been one of their corners for two years. It's not like he's a, a rookie. Right. But LaFleur just kept going after that guy. And Bo Melton, who you'd think would probably be the number three receiver, I mean, he's wide open in the end zone. And they're just beating that Tampa, too. And, and you know, also, when you get your running game going with Aaron Jones, that backs those guys up, and you know Jordan Love said, "Yeah, I got contributions from everybody on the field." Yeah, I mean everybody was out there executing. Um, we were moving the ball, getting into a rhythm. Um, you know, I was trying to get the ball out of my hand quick and get it to the playmakers, um, and let those guys go um, make some moves in space. And that's exactly what we were doing. And the the run game was was really great tonight. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ. PT, um, you know, those guys battled the whole time. O-line did great. So I think everybody was just executing um, at a high level tonight. Mike, I want to go back real quick to something you talked about with Josh Myers getting the whiff. You tell me with the, you know, and I know we're going to hear from uh, from Matt LaFleur too more about Jordan Love in a second, but 
You tell me what you think of the offensive line because they were shuffling guys in and out, trying to create the, quote, competition. We weren't really sure if they had specific guys with specific positions. Zach Thomas certainly filled in at that uh, right tackle position. He's made it his own. But is this offensive line settled, or do you think they're going to be looking for linemen, additional linemen, come to come to draft in the offseason? I think they're going to be looking for additional linemen. They keep on going, rotating Yash uh, uh, Nyman and then Rashid Walker at left tackle. And, you know, these guys have moments, and then they're inconsistent. And, you know, you started out the year thinking you had Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Bakhtiari played one game, and now he's done. Elton Jenkins is always on the injury list. He's still, you know, he's trying to come back from an ACL as well. So you've had this rotation. John Runyon, is he consistent enough? Zach Tom, you know, he's now taking some lumps. But those, I got to think that Runyon and Tom can still survive and be here with a new group. But, yeah, it's going to be a draft. Who knows? Maybe even something in free agency. But they're not settled on offensive line yet uh, by any means. Not at least like the lines that we used to have with Favre and then with Rodgers. But, you know, right. you got a young quarter, you got a young quarterback in Jordan Love, and he can move. He stays in the pocket, though, doesn't he? And here's the yep. other thing about Jordan. Here's the other thing. I told you this on our postgame show in Pittsburgh. Even though it's like, oh, God, Jordan Love, geez. He throws two picks at the end of the game, especially that one to Christian Watson when – uh, you know, all the Steelers did was just line up a bunch of guys on, on the goal line uh, to, to end the game. But I told you then, I said, I'm telling you, Bill, they, I, I know they just lost this game. I'm seeing something now. I'm just seeing that extra moment, that extra step where Love gets the ball, sets, surveys the field, and fires. And I, I just felt that. And guess what? LaFleur was asked Sunday night after the game, when did you see a turning point with number 10? I really think the the turning point was in the Pittsburgh game, and I know we didn't win that game, but I, I just I was kind of cautiously optimistic um, when we when we came out of that game in terms from from an offensive standpoint that we were executing some things and he was making some plays and I know it didn't the, the ending didn't go the way we wanted it to, but um, I think there was a little bit of a shift in terms of some of the things we were doing and just allowing him to go out there and, and be obviously the playmaker that he is definitely capable of being. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I, I, that game he looked good. Then the next week against the Chargers looked better. Then they go on and beat the Lions and the Chiefs. There was the hiccups along the way after that. But for the most part, he's played. J- Jordan Love has played pretty well. I would agree. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got Mike Clemens on the line hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate his time today. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Clawing tooth and nail till it's over. Um, and it's funny, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody tried to count us out. Um, middle of the season, everybody tried to count us out. So um, I think that just speaks a lot about these guys in this locker room, t- tuning out the noise and just getting to work. Those are the words of Aaron Jones. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program and Mike Clemens brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, and just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for that family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant. 
homestyle cooking it's seven days a week that's the bay motel on south military avenue in green bay call them today for reservations 920-494-3441 920-494-3441 you can follow them on facebook as well that's bay motel green bay and uh, just go online at baymotelgreenbay.com that's baymotelgreenbay.com and always following them uh, over there on facebook because every now and then they'll throw out like uh, the mouth-watering like meatloaf and mashed potatoes and stuff and all the good hearty stick to your ribs meals i love that stuff from the bay motel and the bay family restaurant joining us on the hotline mike clemens and uh, mike you got aaron jones Wanting to go to war with these guys, and I'll tell you this, man, when that guy's healthy, he's a different – I know there's a lot of people that talk about him not being here next year, but you better think long and hard. He's been banged up since really pretty much week one when he had the hamstring issue, and it just he's kind of had one of those seasons. But uh, when that guy's good, he's good. He's as quick as quick gets, and he makes holes where there just isn't any. I think Aaron's uh, at 29 now, but, you know, the injuries and then you know, the, the concern there – and that's how hard this guy still wants to be a Packer, still wants to be, you know, carrying the football for the Packers. He's excited about this team. I'm, I'm convinced if you had Aaron Jones for maybe four more games this year than what you did, that this would be a Packers team, you know, with a winning record and knocking on the door, chasing the Lions instead of, you know, keep, keeping their fingers crossed for a wild card. He made mm-hmm. such a difference on Sunday night. And, uh, I, I saw him running up the middle, and they, the holes weren't there the way the Vikings were you know, protecting the defensive line. But then once they got him to bounce outside, boom, 19 yards, you know, and set up their first scoring drive. And like I said earlier, um, he did spend a little time in the injury tent just making sure because he got that sore knee banged up again, and you're feeling that pain. You want to make sure you didn't do damage. And so if the tire's not flat, let's get back out on the track and, and run around. So – I talked to him in the locker room. And by the way, I did not know about that little fight that he got involved in mm-hmm. uh, with a, a defensive back named Booth Jr. Uh, but and there were some guys that were in each other's faces. You told me about that during the post game. I was on the on the elevator when I dumped to the yeah. to the locker rooms. Uh, but yeah, they were. It looks like Dontavian Wicks actually punched Aaron Jones in the nose by mistake when he was trying to hit that Viking. Right. I, if you do the Zabruder film thing. But I talked to Aaron Jones about, you know, getting jammed inside and then bouncing outside and picking up huge gains. Hey, I'm just running what's called. I don't know what what they're setting up, but as soon as we ran it, I came off to the sideline like, great call. There was nobody over there, so great call, way to set it up. But it definitely set it up. It worked. Got an explosive out of it. How good did you feel tonight? Because you were running hard and running fast. Oh, my God. Uh, I felt good, uh, the best I've felt uh, since injuring my knee and my hammy. So um, just making strides every week, and I think you're showing. Uh, yes, yeah, sir, got, my knee got banged up. Uh, helmet, I think it was a helmet or a knee to that uh, to the knee I had injured before. So just needed a quick second, and I was good after that. When you watch him, Mike, man, I'll tell you what, that first step that he has is its just fantastic. I mean, he just is so quick out of the gate when he really gets going. So it's always good to see him when, he, uh, when he's got the, that capability. Now, you take another guy that's been banged up like Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed had the toe issue. He had the chest issue. He ends up leaving the game again uh, halfway through this thing. Uh, and he's had a fantastic rookie season. Don't get me wrong, but, man, you want to see this guy just kind of get healthy and see what he can really do. 
Yeah, number 11 is just outstanding. And I'm surprised, Bill, he's even out there with this. I mean, we thought two or three weeks ago after a home game that maybe he had a broken toe and was done. Whether he jammed it, maybe it's a turf toe. Uh, you know, he won't talk about it. We, you see him limping around. And then, though, last Wednesday, I took video of him at practice, you know, trotting around, about 75, 80% speed, but out there passing catches. And then look at him flying on that field on Sunday night until he, he got too many. I think he got hurt on, a, um, on one of those pump returns. Uh, we, and we, we just talked to him about, despite the toe, the knee, the, the rib injury he's got, he's still answering the bell against the Vikings. Just work hard and just have a different mindset, man. It's just just being coachable. You know, I'm a, I'm a very coachable kid. Um, I think I'm mature for my age, and, you know, um, I just think I'm beyond my age a little bit as far as maturity goes and, you know, being coachable. You know, that's all it really takes. And, you know, just people, people around you that trust you, and, you know, great teammates, you know, that push you to go hard and coaches that push you to go hard every day. And uh, that's just how it happened. Have other guys inside that locker room, Mike, when you talk about the wideouts and, and the need for a guy like Bo Melton, have other guys inside that locker room seen Bo Melton and said, oh, yeah, this this guy's got it? Yeah, including Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones was talking about him, too. Remember that I played you that clip Sunday night after the game where Aaron Jones got up on a chair and said, hey, I get to sit next to this guy on the plane, <laughs> you know? Right. So, Bo Bo Melton, you know, the thing about Bo, I, you know, you say, well, why, why haven't we seen this guy before? And all I can think of, Bill, is undersized. You know, I, you know he's wearing the Donald Driver number 80, and, and I just think that maybe that's because he makes the catches, he's got a great attitude, and they keep on rotating him around from practice squad and, you know, up to receiver and getting some special teams reps. But when you talk to, especially on, you know, Sunday night, sort of his coming out party to lead the team with receptions and to be the first receiver this year, actually, that broke over a hundred yards in a game. They just talk about the guy's effort. He's just, he's likable. He's there. He's attentive and he's beat out Samari Torre for a job. And I had told Grant earlier this year too, I said about like early October, I thought Torre was coming on. I said, you know, he's smart and he works hard. And I think he's going to be the guy that could be maybe your fourth wideout, uh, your next guy up, if you know you got Watson hurt again or Dobbs hurt again, that kind of thing. Instead, he makes that ridiculous, stupid mistake on the punt return when he just should have called fair catch. My God, you're up by three scores. Why are you trying to return it? And it's because he's so desperate to do something to make a flash. He ends up being put on IR. His season's over with, so they can make way for Melton now to be on the final 53 as they go against the Bears and, and maybe a playoff game. And Jaden Reed says, yeah, Bo Melton, he's been on my radar screen for quite a while. I, I've been watching Bo. I've been knowing Bo, you know, since I've been at Michigan State, you know, be playing him at Rutgers. Uh, always been a playmaker, man. Like, I, I knew it beforehand, you know, before anybody else got to see it. I saw it in college, and, you know. Um, you know, Bo, he's a playmaker. He's fast. Uh, he, he just can make plays. Mike, um, this game coming up is very eerie to what we witnessed last year where all they had to do was win and get in. Now, I don't know what they're going to do if they do get in, but I do know one thing, that it's right there for the taking. You would love to see this young group of guys get themselves in position to win this game and find some postseason experience. It's right there for the taking. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Do you, on your show, 
or the media coverage, do you think that the consensus was, or from our listeners on social media, that that the Packers have no chance of beating the Vikings in this game? I didn't. I no. didn't get that. No. no. When you hear that Christian Watson is out and Daytovian Wicks is out, and 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 Jaden Reed is is questionable, it's like, well, who the hell is Jordan Love going to throw to? And the Vikings defense is supposed to be good, and you know that you know they got questions. They didn't announce it to the, they were going to go with the rookie quarterback instead of Nick Mullins until that was like Thursday afternoon. Remember we talked about that Friday that sort of held a special press conference for that. But mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, Matt Lafleur took some clip from somewhere that the the, the, the Pat said the Packers had no chance against the Vikings. And when you talk to Keyshawn Nixon about. Like you say, losing the Vikings at home last year when they should have won, now the Bears, and, and how they were being trashed in the media. In the media, y'all been talking all week like we was going to lose, and uh, we just showed the media that, and everybody in the world that we can play with whoever when we play our football. And that's what we did. Uh, last year's in the past. It's nothing about a scenario. Uh, we got a Chicago this week. Last year we played Detroit. We beat Detroit. It's time to play Chicago. It's hard to beat a team twice. Um, we played, we went 1-1 with Detroit, 1-1 with Minnesota. We won it over Chicago, so it's hard to beat a team twice in this league. So uh, they gonna come to play. It's gonna be a dog fight. But yeah, it don't matter if you the first seed or you the last seed to get in. If you in the playoffs, everything's zero zero. Y'all been there before. Uh, y'all been the first seed and then got put out the next round. Uh, that's just how football is. As long as you get in, you get in. I love the fact that they never listen to the media, but yet the media has been trashing them all week. Uh, Mike, I, I don't think the media trashed uh, the Packers and said they had no shot at winning. I think what we were saying was is that defense was awful. I don't know how well, else to put it. I mean, the de- the defense for the, f- the past few weeks has not played good. Now, Joe Barry's been under attack for sure. Right. Uh, and then Jair Alexander just got suspended last Wednesday morning. And then Eric Stokes blew out his hamstring again on Friday afternoon. And, you know, it, the, things are stacking up against his defense. Rashawn Gary did not talk to us all last week. And after the game, it looked like he had some kind of a foot injury. He went into the trainer's thing, then got on the bus. Guys are banged up for sure. Guys are banged up. But you know who stepped up both as a player and vocally was Quay Walker. And you know what? They let that kid go. Instead of trying to cover tight ends, they let, and he said, did you get to play the way you're capable of playing on defense? I feel pretty good that we went out there. We executed on a high level. Uh, played played like the way that we capable of playing. Uh, it was good all the way around. I just feel like uh, we did a lot. Of, we did a good job of getting three and outs and uh, just communicating overall. Let's do this. We'll step out. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more with Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline, and uh, we'll wrap things up with him coming up next. But stay tuned. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Big Boar Barbecue, saying, hey, welcome into 2024 and do it in style. Lunches, dinners, catering. If you got an event coming up, whatever it happens to be in West Salem, Wisconsin, just outside of La Crosse, love me some Big Boar Barbecue, whether it's that mac and cheese, the, the coleslaw, the pulled pork, or just the dry rub ribs. Oh, so good. That's our, and family-owned, by the way, Big Boar Barbecue right there in West Salem. Call them today, whether it's just going to stop by, maybe you're going to need a catering issue, uh, or you just want some good food or maybe even a, a late gift card, whatever it happens to be, 608-612-0387, or just simply go to BigBoarBBQ.com, BigBoarBBQ.com. Great stuff, family-owned right there in West Salem, just outside of La Crosse. That's Big Boar This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
been able to accomplish. I know they were shorthanded, a lot of guys, but, um, you know, we've been down that road too, and we've had a lot of guys step up. Welcome back. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur, our friends at the Water Doctors, reminding you that, uh, hey, not only is it a new year, time to check that water softener and make sure, one, it's working properly. But if you want to get it tested, you can call our friends at the Water Doctors, and they'll do the water test for free and tell you whether or not yours is cleaner and more pure than theirs. Uh, Otherwise, the Connecticut Water Softening System, absolutely hands down the best, and the company that works with veterans and donates a lot to veterans' causes. That's the Water Doctors. Call John and his staff, 549-7733, 549-7733. That's the Water Doctors, 549-7733, or go to H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com. That is H2Odoctors.com. Joining us on the hotline, our guy Mike Clemens. And, you know, Mike, before we get out of here, uh, obviously the Packers' big one coming up, but... You know, this is, defensively speaking, they're going to need to play their best against a guy like Justin Fields coming into Lambeau Field this weekend. You certainly don't want a repeat of uh, of what happened last year against uh, the Detroit Lions when they just smoked them at home. Chicago Bears want to go into Lambeau Field and get a win and say to themselves, we want to keep this group and build next year. We don't want our coaches wiped out. We don't have the team, you know, fired. We want guys renewed. But I'll tell you what. I might be completely wrong about this, but when Joe Barry focused his defense too much on on uh, the uh, against the Giants against their running back uh, Saquon, uh, what the hell, Saquon Barkley, and then mm-hmm. they, you go you go against the Buccaneers and you don't go after Baker Mayfield, you go after Mike Evans and you're following right. him around. You know what? Against the Vikings, they went after the quarterback. And everything fell into place. And guys like Quay Walker said, I love the way Joe Barry called this game. Yeah, I love it, to be honest with you. I love it. So I agree, for sure. It was aggressive, but I love the way he called plays today. Yeah, I just like being the aggressor. Uh, I'd rather attack people than let the people attack us. So, uh, but either way, I'm going to play whatever Joe B called uh, at the end of the day. Uh, he's the D.C., and uh, I got mad respect for him. But anytime we can be the aggressor first, uh, I think everything turned out perfect from there. That's a loud statement. I mean, he says, I'll call, I'll play whatever he calls, but when he allows us to be the aggressor, uh, we love it. Uh, it, which is something that we have talked about, that this team kind of plays not to lose and not to give up the big play rather than plays as the aggressor. And he just said what we've been saying all season long. You stopped, you stopped Justin Jefferson with guys like Valentine and Ballantyne because you went after the quarterback, the young quarterback. The other thing is when Jordan Love gets a lead – Joe Barry lets the dogs out, and I asked Preston Smith that. Yeah, because that's when that's when the playbook kind of open up. You know, you got a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities to to call different plays and different looks. You know, to different looks that we may be presented to. And um, I just think like guys are playing at a high level. You know, we had opportunities to, to blitz. Guys to get home. Guys are causing pressure. Guys are not letting the quarterback be comfortable. He's not letting, letting allowing big plays to happen. So There's just a lot of great things happening with the defense today. Preston, what's the best thing you think your defense did? tonight as a squad we didn't give up that many points you know we, we held them under 17 points which is a goal per game at least 17 points and you know the guys played really well man together even when adversity struck and you know the guys came out there and still play hard and you know we, we, we finished the game strong Mike, uh, I, I like the game plan. I like what they did. I saw stunts. I saw blitzes. I saw them get after a young quarterback, and they did it even after they brought in Mullins. I, look, no complaints regarding the defense. For all the crap we've given Joe Barry, I thought that was a really solid game plan, and those guys executed it. So 
Now you knock on wood and hope that they can do it again next week against Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Hard for me to get a grasp on injuries coming out of this game on the road and other situations. Um, not time to talk about. But you know, I, I'm curious to see what Rashawn Gary's status is going to be uh, when the injury report comes out tomorrow night when we're at practice tomorrow. He gave Monday and Tuesday off, just like he did last week for Christmas, to the players after the win. But, you know, it's a familiar foe in the Bears, and three days is plenty to get ready to host these guys Sunday afternoon. Mike, great stuff, buddy, and we will talk to you again tomorrow night, okay? Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Grant. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, pal. There you go. That's Mike Clemens. That'll do it. That'll wrap things up. Don't forget, tomorrow we're right back at it. Also, tomorrow night, we've got the Bill Michaels huddle, so we'll be back uh, that as well. Don't forget, a week from tomorrow night, we're going to be in lacrosse at Flipside Bar and Grill, the final huddle on the road for this year. So uh, we're looking forward to that as well. Until we talk again, 20 hours from now, time for us to go. Have a good one. Hoop!